The anonymous landlord is more than just making profit from property. It's a system of automation and a strategy which will shape the way you invest in property forever. It's a quality of life, it's a way of life. It's a business mindset. The anonymous landlord will make loads of money from property and continue to grow wealth and assets without giving up time or energy or life. Because what's the point in making a load of money from property if you've got no time or energy to enjoy it? My name's Tom Sone, and this is The Anonymous Landlord. Hi, this is Tom Sone, and today is the day after my latest trip up to the Northeast region, where I went round to see a load of the properties that I've bought very recently, and I wanted to share those properties with you with some numbers and my reasons for buying them, how I found them, uh, what I'm gonna do with them and what the, the yields look like and so on. Because it might be useful for anybody that's thinking of investing in other areas and especially, especially the Northeast. Um, as you know, I'm from the South Coast. I'm, I'm down in the Portsmouth area and I love Portsmouth as an investment area. It's got great properties, you can, get a lot of property for your money and good rental returns, good growth, appreciation is very steady down in this area. And there's a good rental demand as well, good tenants down this way as well. However, I also follow the yield and I also try and follow um, growth areas and any areas where there are good properties with good demand that can generate good return on my investments. And that's what it's all about. It's all about generating a return on your investments. You can be a landlord if you want. A landlord is that person who will uh, not really see things as an investment, rather just see it as a bit more income, um, something like that. Well, I'm talking to the investor landlords, the ones that really want a proper return on investment from their rental properties, and not just in profit either, we're talking about profit in time, in sanity, in your own well-being, your family's wealth. We're talking about multiple different types of profit. So I wanna share these properties with you and uh, first of all, I'll tell you about the, um, the standard ones. So I've bought a property that I'm gonna buy, do up and sell. Well, that was the original plan. And now I've been up to see it, I've got a different plan. I'm actually not gonna do anything to it. Now it's a bit of a wreck, but it's not terrible. I'd probably say that if I was gonna do something to it, I would want a, uh, I would want to do walls and floors. There's a bit of damp work required. I'd probably want to do something with the kitchen, although the kitchen's actually not too bad. Um, a couple of windows, and that would be my refurbishment. And I could probably make about 40,000 in profit on that. Now, I've just had a look at this place and had a look at the market. I've spoken to a load of agents and sourcing agents as well. They have a different perspective on things than agents and auctioneers and some letting agents as well, just to get a feel for everybody's opinion. And I think I'm gonna put this straight back on the market and see if I can resell it as an investment to another investor. 
and I think I'll probably make about 35 grand of profit. So my calculation is I either spend 20 to 25,000 on a full refurbishment and then I can make 40, maybe 45,000 or I can not spend anything and make about 35,000 in a lot shorter space of time. So I'm gonna go for that. Um, like to know your thoughts on that. What would you rather do? Would you rather spend the money, get the refurbishment, get an extra 10,000 pounds? Or would you rather just not do anything and get 10,000 pounds less? Well, for me, my question is always, how quickly can I get my money out? Now, doing a refurbishment doesn't always guarantee that I'm going to get top price. And at the moment, in that whole Northeast region, there's heavy investment going on. There's massive numbers of property investors spending their money up there. So I think this place is perfect for a local builder who wants to just buy a property, do it up themselves and make a bit of profit. Now, they'd be able to save an absolute ton on the refurbishment cost. So that's what I'm banking on. That's what I'm going for. And I'm seeing a lot of activity in that sort of market. So I'm going to give that a go. If it doesn't sell, then I'll carry on with the original plan. I'll do the refurbishment and try and sell it for top price. But either way, I've got myself two exit options there, very definite exit options. So I'll keep you posted on how that goes. Um, now also, by the way, that property is in Darlington and it's in one of the most popular roads in Darlington. Um, so I'm very, very keen to see how that one sells. I think it's going to go really well. So I'll keep you posted on that. The other one I went to see um, is another, well, it was originally going to be a flip. And this one is a two bedroom bungalow in a decent spot um, in the Northeast. It's got, the actual area is quite nice looking actually. It's a really pleasant area. You wouldn't say it's the most premium area, but it's also not a bad area. It's one of those middle of the road areas, standard property prices, and it's in a nice street. It's in a popular street. So I've bought this place and this one is a proper wreck. And look, I mean, if you're doing a flip, I love a wreck. The only, there's a couple of pros and cons to buying a real wreck, right? Number one, the pro is that you can normally get them for a really cheap price because you're taking on extra risk. And so buying them at the lowest possible price is, is key. The con to it all is that you inevitably need a bit more cash and you're gonna tie up your cash for a bit longer. But remember, you don't need all that cash on day one. All you need is, first of all, you need the deposit to be able to buy it, plus your fees, etc. And then maybe if you're doing a three month refurbishment, you don't need all of the money up front for the refurbishment. You can pay that refurbishment cost uh, in stages. So this one's a real wreck. Um, so originally I was gonna buy this place, do it up and then sell it. But I've been looking at the rental prices in that area and also the valuation, the, the values, the sold prices and other properties around that area. And it just seems to be going up like quite quickly as well. So I think I'm gonna keep hold of this one. I'm gonna do it up and the numbers are as follows. Um, I've bought this place for 80,000 pound. And I know it's unbelievable. If you're from down in the South, 
I bought a two bedroom bungalow and a nice street for 80,000 pounds. It's just unheard of. In my area, similar sort of thing, you'd probably be spending between 225 and 250 on that same property. It's mind blowing. Uh, but anyway, so that property is, um, yeah, I bought it for 80,000. And once I've paid all the fees, etc., I'm probably all in for about 90,000. I'm gonna spend 20,000 on a, a good refurb. Um, maybe I've allowed for 23, because there's a lot more damp than I originally thought, but damp is just a, another thing to be fixed. It's just a, a number, isn't it? Um, how much extra does it cost? But there's a little added bonus with this one. So I've now realized, or I sort of understood that I'm going to spend about another three grand on the additional damp work that's been discovered. However, I've been, I'm entitled to a 2,000 pound empty homes grant from the council. So that covers that uh, extra bit of work. And well, it's, it's free money really, isn't it? Um, and that's because there are, there are uh, the Newcastle council are offering uh, people where they buy an empty home. If an empty, if a property's been empty for a certain amount of time and you buy it and you're gonna keep it, you're gonna reno renovate it and then turn it into a residential property um, and then someone's gonna live in it, then they're offering you support uh, in refurbishing that property, which I think is great. So I'm definitely on the lookout for empty, empty properties. <laughs> it just, it all helps, doesn't it? And it's all part of the yield. Anyway. So uh, yeah, bought this place for 80,000, all in for about 90,000. Then I'm gonna spend about 20,000-ish on the refurbishment of my own cash. So I'm gonna be all in for about 110,000. Um, and then from there, it's gonna be worth a minimum of 150,000. Now I actually think I may well be able to get a mortgage valuation through at about 160. Now if I can do that, then uh, I can't remember the exact number, well, it's gonna be 120,000 pounds as a mortgage that I can extract. Because remember, you can borrow up to 75% of the value of the property. Now, if I can do that, that means I can get all of my cash back, all of it, plus an extra 10 grand, minus uh, a few little fees and things here and there, because obviously a mortgage broker is gonna to need to arrange that mortgage and so on. So there's a few little bits that will come out of that. But before all that, 10,000 quid plus all my money back. Nice. But then I'm gonna be able to rent this property out for about 700 quid a month. So not only have I got all my money back, but I'm also gonna make a few hundred quid a month profit. So what more do you want? Now that is your classic flip to let where you're gonna get all that money out. Some people call it a buy, refurbish, refinance. Um, Look, those deals are very, very hard to come by. Um, you have to be so well immersed to get those deals nowadays. Um, so I would say, look, don't bank on those deals. If anything, you should be looking for deals where you're leaving some money in the property, but maybe a small amount, maybe 10,000 quid you're leaving in the property, nice. And then your net profit on that 10,000 quid that you're leaving in the property is your return on investment but on this one I'm gonna make profit through the refinance and then I'm gonna be making a profit each month so very happy with this property uh, and it's also a good place it's a it's a nice bungalow in a nice spot so I'm happy with that 
Um, the other one that I went to see was uh, a. So the, the the other two that I went to see is quite unusual for me. As you all know, if you've ever spoken to me in the discovery call, I'm quite open about the fact that I much prefer straight buy to lets and flip to lets. I don't really. I haven't ever really diversified into HMO or holiday lets or student accommodation, commercial, those sorts of things. Um, my general plan is to build up a very steady base portfolio of good rental properties where I've got good equity, I'm making good profit, uh, and then I can start diversifying. So that's what I've done now. Um, and these two are very exciting. So I wanted to talk you through those. First of all, my first proper HMO, House of Multiple House of Multiple Occupancy, which is basically a house share, uh, a house that's been designed to uh, be rented out room by room. Um, now, I bought this place at an absolute steal. It's kind of embarrassing to be honest with you um, but I've got this place for 90,000 and maybe a couple of months after I'd had that offer accepted other houses literally exactly the same couple of doors along in the same condition it's a bit of a wreck but in the same condition we're selling for 120 so this one was a, um, a, a steal now I won't tell you how I went about getting that property because it, it was a bit of a process, but ultimately the phrase, it's not what you know, it's who you know, comes to mind. And this person, uh, this sourcing agent managed to agree a deal with the seller and then came to me and said, hey Tom, do you want this property? I ran the numbers and jumped at it. Brilliant, brilliant property. So I bought this property at 90,000, but even if it, in its current condition, it's probably worth 120. Uh, then I'm gonna spend 20 grand on the refurb. It does need a full refurb, it is a bit of a wreck. Um, and then it rents out, it's got good, five good, good bedrooms. It's a huge house, five good bedrooms, and it's going to be something like 300 pounds per property. Now, when it's all done, the property itself is gonna be worth about 170,000. So I'm gonna mortgage it for, hopefully get a mortgage valuation of 170,000, which means that I'm gonna get all my money back and I'm gonna make some profit and I'm gonna have a house, a HMO, which generates 1,500 quid per month in income. Now there's a bit more to that. My risk is very calculated because normally HMOs are quite risky because Tenants tend to stay shorter term. They tend to move in, move out, move in, move out. You've normally always got a room empty at some point in the year. Also, they tend to require a bit more maintenance. There's a lot more legislation to follow. So you have to be a bit more prepared for a higher risk. However, with this HMO, I bought it specifically because they are building a gigantic hospital just up the road. And so my calculations are based on the next couple of years, there's gonna be a high demand from contractors that are gonna be working and visiting and uh, all the businesses that are involved in working on this, this project, they're all gonna need short-term properties to stay in. So that's where I come in. 
I'll probably rent this out as a corporate let. And then, once that hospital is built, there's gonna be an influx of medical staff, medical practitioners, and, and associated people moving to that area. So I think there's gonna be a really strong HMO demand for this house. And the beauty of that, that's my first exit strategy, is renting it out, of course. My second exit strategy is that if it doesn't, then there's enough equity and profit for me to just sell it. So I'm covered on both sides. I can exit that property if I need to, and I can make good profit from renting it if I need to. Um, and then, so that's my first diversification. So I'm very excited about it. I'll keep you posted on that one, because I don't know about, about you, but if anybody's thinking about buying HMOs, it's good to understand the risk. And I have done an episode on my podcast about the risks of HMOs and things to watch out for. Um, but it's certainly something I wasn't thinking of getting into until I came across the opportunity and I thought, right, well, you know, the time is right. I've got a good base of properties that generate good profit um, and they're simple buy-to-lets. And now I can diversify, I can take a bit more risk on, on a property, great. But I haven't just done one diversification property, if you can call it that, I've done two. My second property, I'm really, really chuffed with. And this one is a property near to Hadrian's Wall, up in the northeast again. And this one is fantastic. It is a giant masonette. It's massive. The top, the, so you walk, as you go up the first flight of stairs, you've got the first floor. And it's a bit backwards because that's where all the accommodation is. That's where the uh, lounge, there's two bedrooms, there's a big bathroom, there's another little room for a, for a shower room, there's a big old kitchen. And then you go up the next flight of stairs and then there is a massive open plan lounge, which is the size of the whole flat. It's huge, but it goes further. You're right out in this beautiful village, which is a real tourist hotspot. You're near to Hadrian's Wall. You've got loads of sights around and loads of scenery and countryside. And there's big uh, open windows, open plan windows, which let you view out across the, uh, the entire countryside. It is incredible. And just to top it off, there's an amazing roof terrace just off the edge, just off the side of that lounge, patio doors leading out to it. Wow, it is unbelievable. There's also scope to build, uh, because where that roof terrace is, I'm, I'm probably gonna try and apply for planning to get an additional, uh, some additional accommodation built on there, because not, I'm not sure about the roof terrace, it, it's, it's stunning, but I'm not sure whether I wanna take on the risk of having a roof terrace um, on holiday let property. Did I say it was a holiday let? Well, I've just given it away. So that's that's why it's a diversified property, is because it's a holiday let. I'm buying it specifically to turn into a holiday let, or an Airbnb, whatever you want to call it. Serviced accommodation. Um, and what I'm planning to do with it is either I'm gonna turn it into three studio apartments, really decent premium studio apartments, and they'll be really good sizes, or, I'm gonna turn it into 
one on the top floor, I'll turn that one into a big open plan studio, a really big open plan studio, because I stayed in one, an Airbnb once, um, which was just like that. It was a big open plan studio apartment. It was huge. And, uh, and I loved it. It was fantastic. So I could do that. Um, and have that as the top floor. So a big studio apartment up there. And on the uh, first floor, which is where all the accommodation was, turn that into a two bedroom flat. So, and then rent them out as Airbnbs, service accommodation, holiday lets, whatever you want to call it. So a really exciting property. So I went on this website called AirDNA. If you're, if you're ever gonna get into um, Airbnb, then there's a website called AirDNA. You type in the area or the postcode or the, the region, whatever it is, and it will tell you what the average room rate is for that area. And it'll also tell you what the average occupancy is. It'll tell you what the demand is, meaning is there better demand for two beds or three beds or four beds or studios or what. And that's how you can base your uh, forecasted return on investment. Um, so in this instance, the average room rate is £111 per room. So I expect that if I've got one big studio, that's going to rent out for, let's just say, 150 per night. And if I've got a two-bed flat, that's going to rent out for, let's say, let's just be safe, 110 per night. Because that top floor is going to be really, really appealing. So... Also, it tells me that the average occupancy for uh, holiday let properties in that region, or in that specific postcode, is 81%. So I've very, very roughly calculated, I should be able to make about 2,800 to 3,000 pounds in income, and then my expenditure on that is gonna be something like 1,000 quid, maybe 1,200, so you can see how much of a return on investment that property is. Now I'm gonna to have to spend some money on that, right? But it's all a calculation. If I have to spend 30 grand on converting this property, but I'm gonna make 1,800 pounds a month in net profit, then you can see what my return on investment is. And it's a very worthwhile thing to do. So yeah, that's the exciting one that I'm really excited, a little bit nervous, but again, I'm planning this out for an exit strategy. So exit number one is to rent it as a holiday let, an Airbnb, and exit number two is to be able to rent it as standard residential. And both ways, I make decent profit. Um, obviously the, the holiday lets is a much bigger profit, but if I have to step back and just rent it out as a residential and just keep the property, then I still make good profit. And there's a good rental demand in that area too. So I'm very, very, very happy with those properties. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, and look, I, I told you I'd uh, tell you how I found them. Now, I'm lucky in that I've been doing this for 20 odd years and I've built some really, really strong contacts with um, property people in that area. And for an example, I have some very tried, tested, vetted, sourcing agents in that area. Only a few, because you only need a few. There are tons. There are so many sourcing agents in, in around the country. But the way I see it, you get two types of sourcing agent. You get the one type of sourcing agent who is a genuine sourcing agent. 
they're well immersed in their local area with law firms, repossession firms, auctioneers, estate agents, letting agents, and all of those contractors and all of those types of people. And then you get the other type of sourcing agent who's been on a training course on how to deal package, start scrolling through Rightmove, make a couple of silly offers, get one accepted, and then try and flog it to, to an investor. Um, I'm not saying either are bad, I just think sometimes if you're trying to just go out and do some deal packaging from properties that are on the open market, then in a lot of instances, you're kind of just, you're not really getting a deal, let's just say. And then what I found with those types of sourcing agents is they tend to inflate the valuations. They tend to underestimate the refurbishment requirements. They tend to miss out uh, fees that you're gonna have to pay. They concentrate on the, the wrong yield. They calculate the annual rent divided by the purchase price, which is just ridiculous. Um, you know. So I, what I guess I'm saying is, is that luckily, and there are, there'll be a number of you that have the same thing, luckily there are some good sourcing agents out there and you just have to know who they are and they will bring you the property deals. Also, you have to know some agents as well in that area because I've, I've now luckily, I bought a load of properties in that region and I've made good relationships with the agents. And so now I get calls from agents in that area just saying, hey, I've got this other property, are you interested? It's this, 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 give me the numbers. Um, so I'm, I'm doing really well with properties like that. These properties that I've just been to see, I bought all of them through two different sourcing agents and I'm really happy with the results of them. Um, and hey, by the way, if anybody wants to invest in the Northeast, give me a shout, I'll connect you up with the sourcing agents up there. Um, the good ones, and uh, yeah, see what you can do up there. Um, but look, I'll tell you what, I'll wrap this one up now, and I'll try and keep you posted as best as I can on how I get on with these properties. I'll try and do a couple of um, videos on the actual refurbishments and what things I'm looking at. Uh, I'll keep you updated on any mistakes or any accidents or any problems that I encounter. Um, I think they're important. I think it's good to know what other people's problems are so that you can learn from how they solve them. Um, so I'll definitely share all that. And if you're thinking of investing, look, at the moment, my, my areas of expertise, I would say, are probably northeast, definitely. Um, parts of the Midlands around uh, sort of Birmingham area, that's pretty good at the moment. Nottingham is a good little spot, um, but also predominantly there's really good investments to be had in, in and around uh, Portsmouth and Hampshire, that sort of area too. So if you want some help with them, give me a shout. Tom at pinkstreet.co.uk. But anyway, I hope that helps. I don't, know, I don't know if you can use any of the information I've just given to you. I'm just sharing it to see if anybody gets something from it. And if you do, let me know. I'd be really keen to hear if this is helping anybody. And I hope it is, and I'll speak to you all soon. Take care. Thank you for joining me and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. But before you go to the next episode, I really want to hear from you. Just search Tom Sone on any social media or just email me tom at pinkstreet.co.uk. I'd love to know your thoughts on this episode. And if you need any help with your own situation, just get in touch. I'll answer every email and every message I promise. Anyway, see you in the next podcast and remember, being a landlord is hard, 
being an anonymous landlord is easy. Invest, enjoy, repeat, and grow.